0: This podcast represents my opinion and the opinion of my guests. This is not medical advice and I am not establishing a patient-physician relationship with any listener. The content here should not be taken as medical advice. The content here is for informational purposes only and because each patient is so unique, please consult your healthcare professional for any medical questions you may have.
1: Welcome back, everyone. We're here for another episode of the Not Your Doc podcast. I'm your host, Vanessa, and we're here with Mr. Not Your Doc himself, Dr. Charles Tadros. How are you doing today?
0: Very well. the early, early uh, November, it feels uh, like spring. Uh, it's uh, gorgeous outside here in St. Louis.
1: We're getting pretty spoiled. Um, I, I definitely agree with that. And um, while it is 70 degrees sunny and beautiful here in St. Louis right now at the beginning of November, um, we're also at the beginning of respiratory virus season. Hooray! Yep.
0: <laughs> not just not just little respiratory virus, we got a we lot, got all, lot, yeah. lot going on.
1: Exactly. So um, today, Dr. Tadros is going to give us evidence-based information to help us be prepa- prepared and make good decisions for ourselves and our families During this delightful time of year, Um, we're going to cover the difference between cold, flu, COVID, and RSV. I think obviously that's going to be a big one because their symptoms can be very similar and hard to tell between. Um, We'll also review prevention guidance, including vaccines, as well as available treatments, and Dr. Tadros will help us understand what to do if we start experiencing symptoms of any of these illnesses, including a review of COVID testing and isolation protocols. So it sounds fun, right? Yeah. <laughs> okay, yeah, this is like a, a straight ahead medical topic today. So um, all about Dr. Tadros and what you're bringing us. We've got some great resources to share as well. So um, Dr. Tadros, let's jump right in. Cold versus flu versus COVID. It seems like all of these viruses have basically the same symptoms. So, can can you help us understand the difference and how we tell them apart?
0: Sure. And we're going to have the infographic posted from the NIH. And and it's you're you've taken the wind out of my sails. It's what? exactly correct. <laughs> uh, these three big viruses that we're already experiencing in the United States, um, the cold, and the word cold means uh, typically a head and uh, uh, symptoms. Uh, and uh, and uh, it'll be sore throat, uh, running or stuffy nose, sneezing, a little bit of coughing. Sometimes the coughing is from drainage. Sometimes it's because the virus has gotten mm-hmm. into the uh, bronchioles. Does uh, so that bron- count as bronchi- upper
1: respiratory? Right, okay, yeah. upper
0: respiratory. Lower respiratory, people think more as pneumonia, occasionally bronchiolitis, but pneumonia is lower respiratory. Okay. Everything else is the, the upper respiratory is kind of the head uh, typically mm-hmm. and some of the milder chest symptoms. So, the common cold, multiple different viruses that do it. There's no test for the common cold. Uh, there's, no, there's no blood test. There's no nose, nasal swab. Hmm. Um, <clears throat> people typically don't feel bad with a cold. People sometimes confuse it with allergies because sometimes allergies in the fall also uh, also may give you um, a sore throat from drainage. Mm-hmm. Not usually. Run your stuffy nose, absolutely. Sneezing, absolutely cough, especially Mm -hmm. if you have asthma on top of your allergies uh, in the fall, sometimes people confuse the two. The differentiation between allergies and uh, just a head cold is itching, itching eyes, itching palate, itching nose, itching in the ear sometimes. So that histamine release tends to go with itching, that tends to go with with allergies.
1: Yeah, that makes sense.
0: So it's the first thing. Uh, Colds, nobody dies from a cold. Uncomfortable, easily spread. Person to person, mm-hmm. um, but nobody dies from the cold. Um, a lot of people want to call everything a cold or their allergies because they don't want to have to deal with the flu or COVID. Right. So no mom wants to bring their kids home from school because they're sniffling or sneezing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So they, and especially if they people already have a known history for, you know, annually getting their their their, their fall cold, or usually if it's uh, anything that repeats itself about the same time every year, we have to worry about allergies. Mm-hmm. It's a stereotyped. Um, so that's important. Important to notice if at the beginning of every spring, or the middle, uh, you know, middle of uh, 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 middle of summer, or early fall, whenever <clears throat> it's typically most people will have outdoor allergies. Mm-hmm. Uh, those are seasonal allergic rhinitis, uh, runny nose, etc. But they are seasons. Perennial means year-round. And perennial, it means there's something in every season that you're allergic to. And you say, well, what about wintertime in, in the in the climates where it gets cold like we are here in St. Louis? And oftentimes there'll be something indoors mm-hmm. that you're allergic to. <clears throat> Sometimes people bring plants indoors. Sometimes it's just uh, dust mite feces. Mm-hmm. I know it sounds gross, but it's yes. not just when people say they're allergic to dust. It's actually not just dust. Uh, this the mites that live on the dust. And it's not just the mites that live on the dust. It's the feces of the, mm. the mites that live on the dust. <laughs> um, so...
1: It's yeah, a, it's delightful. A, yes,
0: <laughs> pets um, so, as well. Right, uh, so yeah. some people will be allergic for four, you know for f- f- four different seasons per year. Um, uh, but uh, colds are typically brief. Um, uh, the head colds are typically brief, typically less than a week to ten days.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Just a little bit of discomfort. Nothing. Nothing. Uh, nothing to do about it except uh, something to help dry up the no- the nose and uh, help. Um, um, uh, uh, that's really the main thing, and it's sometimes a cough. With very young kids, be careful about giving them over-the-counter cough syrups. Um, the- P- uh, the, uh, Mer- the American Pediatric uh, uh, Association uh, several years ago came out and said a lot of the over-the-counter medicines that are uh, indicated for kids probably are not worth it, mm. not helpful, and may cause problems, especially uh, cough uh, syrups for kids, so for, uh, for children. So even though it's over-the-counter, oftentimes pediatricians will not, not want you to have uh, anything for, the, uh, for a cold if you're a young child. Um, uh, so a lot, of, uh, a lot of fluids, a lot of rest. Right. Um, so then we go on to the flu and the flu season typically, roughly, and in, 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 uh, actually it's expanding to practically year round. People forget that back in 2009, H1N1, the flu that came out was came out in the summertime. Yeah. Um, so we can potentially have year round flu, but the, the, typically the peak flu season peak is typically uh, oct- back to October, November through about February, March uh, here in the Midwest. Um, Um, And the flu includes not only that that sore throat and the stuffy nose and the cough. It doesn't include sneezing, Mm -hmm. uh, but it includes other things, the fevers or or chills. Some people can have no fevers and have the flu. Mm -hmm. Headaches, muscle aches, feeling tired or weak, short of breath, and sometimes even vomiting and diarrhea. Back whenever I was younger, we could tell the flu practically over the phone because it was hard. One minute you were fine. Next minute you were shaking chills, Mm. high fever.
1: Very
0: sudden um, onset. We would say you're hit by a truck. It was just one yep. minute you're fine, next minute you were bowled over. Yeah. Uh, it's not so much the flu in the last uh, 10, 10 years plus has uh, become sometimes without fever um, and sometimes with GI. Uh, anybody in the old days that had GI uh, diarrhea or th- emesis uh, throwing up was not the flu, but nowadays it could be influenza. People kind of mistake the word flu. The flu, and the, the word flu is short for influenza. Influenza is a virus. Um, there's something else that's called H flu, uh, hermophilus influenza, that is not flu, it's a bacteria. It's not, so that's, because somebody, people get the HIB, uh, uh, the uh, hermophilus influenza uh, uh, immunization series as a kids, hmm. so that's a bacteria. Okay. So it's separate than the influenza or the flu that we're talking about. So. The flu is also easily transmissible. Um, it, we um, we look for the type of flu coming around into the United States through the Western uh, Western world. They do predictive models um, that starts somewhere in Southeast Asia. Mm-hmm. They can they know they've have decades now of uh, of, of information of how it uh, migrates, how it's transmitted migrates across the world, mm-hmm. and uh, they can do fairly good prediction uh, about what's con- when it's going to be hitting. Um, and so, but, do they
1: modify vaccines to to target what well, they think is going to be the strongest? Right. Or?
0: So that's why, in the old days, the old days being a few years ago, it's not that much. <laughs> we grew them in eggs, and it, you had to have a long lead time, many many months, to mm. grow them in eggs. So sometimes we'd miss it. We would think that something's coming across the ocean, and we predicted, and we grow the, the 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 vaccine for the influenza in eggs, and we would miss it. It would yeah. change. Uh, uh, so
1: I've heard it's said you know the the vaccine didn't work this year, right. or the vaccine missed this right year.
0: antigenic shift and antigenic drift as its own uh, as its own uh, uh, podcast. Um, so uh, now with the, M- with the with the mRNA vaccines, we can turn around and we can now generate vaccines much faster. Mm-hmm. so we don't have to have uh, needed that much of a lead time. So I think what we're going to find is that we're going to probably get better coverage of of, of uh, our flu because we won't need months and months of in advance to incubate um, uh, viruses and eggs and uh, and uh, to, to to generate uh, antibodies for vaccines mm-hmm. for the flu. Um, <clears throat> flu can kill. People don't realize this. Flu can kill from uh, somewhere in the. Um, uh, mid to low 10,000 range per year wow. uh, uh, up on upwards whenever we had h1n1 we probably you know uh, three, these
1: global annual deaths are in right, the United States United States can, I'm right, sorry yeah, yeah uh-huh. I, thank
0: you for correcting uh, checking that me on that one. but we can get uh, the annual just a typical flu season. last few years were not typical because we were isolating and so we had much much lower flu mm-hmm. anywhere from like 14,000 all the way up into the 50s plus thousand wow. deaths just from flu. And this is without COVID, Um, and uh, oftentimes, of course, it's the very young and very old that die from influenza. Mm. Uh, The very young kids who have not been immunized or who have congenital problems are born with lung and heart problems, Mm -hmm. Um, and uh, the very old Mm -hmm. who have uh, um, immune issues and heart issues and lung issues. So those are people that tend to be susceptible and could pass away just from the flu. Mm -hmm. Is
1: it the flu itself that can be lethal, or is it complications from the flu that tend to lead to deaths?
0: So that's a good point. Respiratory infections, whether bacterial or or, or viral, uh, typically cause a variety of things. So uh, everything from from lack of appetite, so Mm -hmm. people don't want to eat, so they start losing weight. Shortness of breath, so they don't have good oxygen, good oxygen exchange. Mm-hmm. They have to be ventilated, which means to help take carbon dioxide. They have to be on ventilators, machines to mm-hmm. help take carbon dioxide off of the off of their lungs. That's a waste product, um, and also uh, push oxygen into their lungs. Um, and some people, uh, the infection causes a, a whole body inflammatory uh, response. So ARDS, adult respiratory distress syndrome, and sepsis. Wow. So it goes from lungs to systemic. Uh, so that's from simple virus, uh, we'll call it simple influenza, sure. and uh, certainly from uh, um, uh, other viruses too. So it's uh, you're right, it's not necessarily just pneumonia and mm-hmm. death, but that's typically what happens. These okay. people, you can't oxygenate and ventilate enough, and they pass away despite our b- best um, attempts.
1: Mm-hmm. And I know we're, we're going to talk more about vaccines later, but I mean, just hearing the, the numbers and the consequences of, you know. That's right not protecting against flu there's definitely right. huge reasons to continue to immunize
0: and obviously for colds we don't have vaccines uh, once again they're 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 limited uh, in terms of what what problems they cause even though they're highly transmissible they're uh, so people get infected and they're infectious they can spread it to other people mm-hmm. same thing with the flu Uh, So uh, sometimes with the flu, just like with a lot of viruses, even before, so you have an incubation period, so you're exposed, somebody sneezes, coughs, Mm -hmm. and you catch it, and you don't turn around and become sick immediately. You don't have show symptoms immediately. But sometimes before you get sick, within a day or two before you get sick, you can be spreading the virus yourself. So that's part of the problem, even if you're trying to be polite Mm -hmm. um, and and have this this etiquette, uh, so uh, it's kind of infection etiquette where you, you know, you don't... You don't sneeze, sneeze or cough out loud. You, you do it in the inside the elbow, so you don't touch your face. The uh, you vampire cough. Right, <laughs> right. So, um, so what? Uh, so, um, um, uh, we we have immunizations for the flu, like right. I said, and uh, and uh, we don't have anything for the cold.
1: yeah no. Okay, so um, I know you were talking about the incubation stage, and I think that we got a lot more awareness of that learning about COVID-19. So right. tell us some, some more about COVID-19, how yeah. it differs from the flu and cold.
0: Well, the COVID looks like almost practically exactly like the flu, and that's another problem. And so this is extremely important for people to understand. They have to be tested. The doc can't tell over the phone, or a nurse or nurse practitioner right. can't tell over the phone uh, of what you have. Um, In the old days, like I said, if you had the flu, uh, it was obvious. And practically, some docs, if you were healthy, didn't want you to come in. They said, Mm -hmm. you know, we can do this and that over the phone. You don't need to come in and infect other people in the office, et cetera. Um, uh, But COVID, unfortunately, um, and especially if you've been immunized, you have a blunted response. You don't have the high fever. You don't have all the big uh, raging symptoms. So it could be much milder. And it could mimic somebody who's uh, had shots for their flu. Um, So uh, and also severe flu can look like severe COVID Mm -hmm. uh, initially at the start. So it is very confusing. So you have to be tested Um, and uh, and both these are nasal swabs and the the doctor's office or urgent care ER is Mm -hmm. nasal swabs uh, for those and those are rapid antigen tests.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So, uh, so for the COVID, same thing: fevers and chills, headache, muscle aches, uh, feeling tired or weak, exhausted, sore throat, uh, runny uh, running or stuffy nose, uh, uh, cough, shortness of breath, vomiting or diarrhea, and some, and especially early, the very first, uh, you know, COVID strain, we had loss of uh, loss or change of smell or taste, mm-hmm. which doesn't really happen with colds or flu.
1: Right. Absolutely. That's certainly a unique one. So. Covid, there are there are at home rapid antigen tests, right? And then that's we'd, right. you'd, but more accurately, you can go into your doctor's office and get te- a PCR test for flu and Covid at the same time, right? Right.
0: Yeah. So the, the actually the tests that they have in the doctor's office, the rapid antigen tests, the nasal swabs, is, are, are just as good as the ones that you have at home. I mean, okay. Might, yeah. So that's important. What the doctor's office is is able to to draw blood and stuff and do a PCR. Uh polymerase, uh polymerase chain reaction which has a send off test you can't write they sure. can't he or she can't run it in the office but they can do, uh, get it uh, or send you to the lab if the lab is allowing you to walk in uh, so yes that's okay. correct
1: cool All right. So um, we've we've also heard a lot recently about extremely high rates of RSV among children, Mm -hmm. um, leading to many children's hospitals across the nation becoming full to capacity with sick kids. So can you tell us about RSV? I know it's another respiratory virus. Mm -hmm. I wasn't really very familiar with it before this current wave. Um, So help us understand symptoms, um, you know, treatment and prevention. Yeah.
0: RSV, res- respiratory syncytial virus. Uh, and uh, Is syn- that what I said? S- yeah. S- 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 syncytial?
1: Syncytial. Okay, got it.
0: Syncy- syncytium is just a, a fusion of two cells. It's under syncytial. a microscope, got actually, uh, if you look in, uh, under... Um, this wouldn't be regular light microscope, it would be electronic microscopy. And, okay. Well, actually, yeah. the virus you can't see, uh, but the cells that they infect kind of fuse together, so syncytium, okay. and that's what it looks like under the, these lung cells, the lining of the lungs. Wow, interesting. Um, yeah, so that's where it comes from. Uh, also, respiratory uh, virus, very contagious, mm-hmm. um, and you and I probably heard about it because you'd hear about RSV for your young nieces and nephews, et cetera. Yep. We wouldn't hear about it so much for adults, But this year's been especially bad. There's a couple of theories. One of them is that we've been isolating from each other for a couple of years now. Finally, we're all together. We've had a couple of years where we're not getting antibodies revved up. um, And so it's hitting us a little harder. Sure. Uh, So this year, I think it was also last year, too. um, It's been showing up in summertime. Typically, it's more wintertime. So it's been showing up a little bit sooner Mm -hmm. uh, in the United States. Uh, also uh, the very young uh, premature babies babies under six months of age very old especially if they have heart and lung disease also pedi- pediatrics less than two years of age that also have heart and lung disease that are congenital uh, are at risk for this RSV uh, letting them in the hospital letting them on a mm-hmm. ventilator and potential death
1: wow yeah can you can you say a little bit more about this the the kind of the effect of of COVID isolation and lockdowns on our kind of our general immunity towards Mm -hmm. some of these things. Mm And you you said that typically we would have more of an antibody response because we'd be having like little exposures that was triggering our body to produce these antibodies, but we haven't been having
0: that. Yeah, that's one of the current theories is that why we're getting hit so hard. And we know for for at least a year, if not two years, our flu uh, numbers were very, very low. Mm. Everybody was isolating, we're masking, right. we're washing their hands. It goes to show you it works for all sorts of yeah, viruses. Exactly.
1: <laughs> um,
0: it's, not, it's not very fun socially. It's not very fun uh Uh, During the holidays and stuff, we can't hug and kiss people. You can't Mm -hmm. hang out with people. But it turns out that, yeah, isolating, it does help prevent all sorts of transmissions, especially these viruses. Um, The problem is, is that we have... it, it, probably what we've discovered over many years is that the human body, in order to survive out in, in the wild mm-hmm. in, in our society, right. we have to have small exposures, not lethal, Yeah, but we don't want to do anybody in, but small exposures where our immune system gets trained to recognize select things. Mm-hmm. Um, and sometimes there's some crossover, So you don't, you may have not been exposed to a virus, the specific virus, but you may be exposed to something like it. So your body has a partial antibody against the new virus. Mm. Uh, so that's one of the theories, of course, of how, why we immunize people with flu and next season it's a different flu strain but we may have some over several years we may have retained some antibodies that may it, uh, attack the new uh, flu bug.
1: That's interesting. Like that. So yeah. don't, so getting a regular flu vaccine can build immunity to we other think, strains in, at least yeah. to some extent. To some okay.
0: extent. Right. It's not totally protective. It's yeah. not totally protective um, but yes we, so we believe and the same thing the natural wild type immunity which is that you are exposed small, small amounts uh, uh, and please don't do this whenever with with hepatitis or HIV. Let's not test this this theory. And this is the problem we got with COVID is that people believe that the traditional way of... Of, of, of like getting chicken pox. Yeah. When we were growing up, everybody would get together. If one kid had chicken yes. pox, the parents will have them all play together yeah. and within a few weeks. Everybody would we, we have an outbreak and get get it done with whenever the chicken pox grabbed over. That was a traditional did, way. We
1: definitely did that. We know, did. That, was a, kid, that yeah. was a
0: traditional way of doing things before we got the chicken box, uh, pox vaccine about 20 years ago. Uh, but this does not work for a lot of viruses right. H- hepatitis b hepatitis c hiv uh, all, all sorts of covid mm-hmm. uh, this does not flu does not work, yeah. does not work. Uh, so you can get antibodies but they're not protective so yeah. your body can show up as a pos- uh, as antibody levels igg which is the long term antibody levels but it's not protective in the vast vast majority of cases mm. so this that's what i think part of the confusion out there
1: yeah. Okay, can you um, say just another bit more about RSV? I know you talked to sure. told us who's most susceptible to it. Right. What are the available treatments for people with RSV and children, children, and old people that are more susceptible?
0: So people that don't need to go to hospital. Uh, so off, let me make sure we know what the what the symptoms oh, are. Symptoms, once, yeah. Yeah. Once again, runny Start nose, <laughs> runny nose, cough, sneezing. Uh, remember, sneezing was with allergies, um, uh, and uh, sneezing was also with colds. Right. Um, uh, fever and wheezing so the wheezing and then there's a decreased appetite that's kind of special for 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 this compared to the cold Mm. Uh, so <clears throat> um, so, so for and the incubation period is about four to six days. So even after somebody, if you touch something and then touch your face, right, or, or somebody coughs on you that has RSV, it's still another four to six days before you can potentially show symptoms. And remember, for two days before you show symptoms, you could be spreading it already.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um,
0: and uh, so what happens is that uh, you could be contagious for another three to eight days mm-hmm. uh, after after you start showing symptoms. Um, and people who have bad immune system, poor immune systems, weakened immune systems, they can actually hold on to the virus and be spreading it for a whole month, not just three to eight days. Wow! So I think it's, uh, and that's tricky. And this is confuses people. It confuses the physicians, uh, it, confuses pa- it confuses patients. Um, they feel better. Uh, they they feel better, but but uh, they can potentially still be harboring the virus and spreading it from their from their from their no- nasal mucosa typically, hmm. um, from the uh, from uh, uh, from par- par- particles. <laughs> right, particles, different size particles of 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 I'm going to be gross mucus and spits sure. that we all have whenever we talk and etc. Uh, so that's part of the problem we run into.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh,
0: so um, so the uh, for uh, for RSV supportive care. So if if people become short of breath. Uh, um, uh, and uh, and uh, high fevers and short of breath, whether they're very young, premature babies or less than six months old, or very old with emphysema and heart disease, uh, um, uh, uh, you, you st- these people have to go to the hospital. Sometimes they have to go not just to the regular general floor, but a step down unit or, or, or an intermediate unit, mm. and sometimes they have to go to the full ICU if they're going to be intubated mm-hmm. uh, to to push oxygen into their lungs and and, and pull out the carbon dioxide. Wow. Uh, So uh, that's uh, so there's not a specific treatment once you have RSV and you're bad enough to be in the ICU. Uh, There's a lot of supportive stuff. Um, Now they have something for uh, that's if you're at high risk at the beginning of the flu, uh, the beginning of the RSV season. uh, This is for kids. uh, I think under uh, if they're under six years of age or six months uh, old um, and preemies, they have. Uh, antibodies monoclonal antibodies you can get a shot every month yeah. uh during the flu uh, the the rsv season so it's not a it's not a vaccine yeah it doesn't generate an immune response it's actually antibodies monoclonal antibodies right. that they give the, the just the, the borrowing
1: child. protection extra, that's yeah. exactly okay. right yeah
0: extra antibodies that you that are generated for the baby so to prevent if they are exposed
1: Sure. Um, one thing we wanted to point out is, um, you know, we we learned a lot through COVID that you know we sort of thought at the beginning that um, COVID could live on surfaces for a very long time, and we were disinfecting our groceries and our mail and yes. all that kind of stuff. And later found out that it was mainly transmissible through the air, um, through you That's know right. droplets. Um, RSV can survive for many hours on hard hard surfaces such as tables and crib rails. Um, that definitely explains why. If one kid at a daycare has it, and daycare. they're playing with toys, right. and other people are playing with the toys, that can spread like wildfire through that's that, part. yeah.
0: Yeah, that's uh, soft surfaces are less so, like mm-hmm. uh, you know, like uh, leather and uh, and, and, and uh, tissue paper mm-hmm. and, and towels, uh, but hard surfaces are, are are a problem in that. You're right, We for many months people, uh, fomite, this is a transfer uh, of viruses through uh, surfaces called fomites, mm-hmm. uh, uh, was a big issue, we did not know. Um, uh, that, uh, that, but it's you're right. Fortunately, after many months of people s- uh, spending hours and hours cleaning everything <laughs> yeah. and leave, leaving things out in the garage right. and stuff for for days at a time, uh, we recognize that um, yeah, COVID. That's that goes to show you how uh, how little we understood about COVID when we first the novel. It's, mm, it's a yeah, 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 novel, novel coronavirus. So we, we've known about the coronavirus family for probably 50 years, but this novel piece, we were still uh, we were still a lot of people spent a lot of time and energy and money. Wow. Uh, disinfecting surfaces.
1: Yeah, and sometimes. All right, so um, can you talk about some available treatments for the flu? Mm-hmm. Um, we wanted to review some of that.
0: Yeah, so it turns out for the flu, even if you're not at high risk of progressing and, and needing and needing inhalers or needing hospitalizations or ER visits, there are a couple of products out there. Um, uh, that can help uh, not shorten the course of the flu, so by one or two days. Mm-hmm. Uh, so instead of a week or 10 days, you may be a little bit less, and it may lower the intensity. In fact, a lot of people, not a lot of people, but some people, whenever they get some of these products, within hours, they feel dramatically better. They go from cough and high fever wow. and, and feeling terrible to they take their, their Relenza or their their uh, Zofluza, and all of a sudden, within a couple hours, they're dramatically better. That's how powerful some of these uh, some of these, uh, products are.
1: That's amazing. Yeah. What, what kind of uh, medicines are these?
0: Yeah, so antiviral. Okay. Uh, so uh, Tamiflu is the one that probably most people know. Yeah, I'm familiar uh, with Tamiflu. Yeah, it's a pill. Rolenza is, is, a, is, a, is kind of an inhaled powder, and Rolenza hmm. Relenza can be used. Uh, it's not recommended with people with breathing problems. If you have emphysema, uh, which is uh, chronic obstructive pulmonary disease or mm-hmm. asthma, uh, probably they, the doctor will not give you uh, Rolenza. Uh, and then they have um, Soflusum, uh which has uh, come out a few years ago, uh, and uh, rapivab. Uh, so there are four products now that are available. Once again, uh, for select age groups, every, every mm. you'll have you know your doctor or nurse practitioner, physician assistants. Or any of them know. like more
1: effective than the other? Or how, why, right. why are there so many?
0: Right, well, part of it, they work somewhat differently. Uh, Tamiflu was the best for years because that was the only one really. Yeah. Was, before that was something called amantadine, which was uh, uh, for influenza type A only. Uh, but I believe these all in, for, for influenza type A and type B, I believe, Okay. Uh, if I remember correctly. And I'd have to double check, me so people can double check me and uh, tell us I'm wrong.
1: Mm-hmm. But anyway.
0: Uh, so most people, I think, will probably either get Tamiflu or Zofluza. Uh, some people, uh, Relenza. Uh, a lot of stuff is dependent. So these are quite expensive. A lot of these is dependent, of course, on okay. um, uh, everything from samples to typically what insurance will will cover.
1: Sure. And yeah. Tamiflu is also is ge- available in a generic version too, as well. Yeah. As well. As well right? Okay. 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 That makes sense. It makes okay. So, uh, how effective are these antivirals, and what are some like side effects or things to look out for?
0: The good news is that they're they're really specific to to the virus, so uh, so they tend not to have many side effects. Uh, it's uh, it's uh, they're antiviral, so the human cells, the eukaryotes, our, our human cells, mm-hmm. tend not to have some of the uh, the same um, uh, receptors and. Uh, 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 hemagglutinin uh that 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 we that we see on these virus uh uh, uh, particles okay so it's really minimal minimal anything is oftentimes they'll talk about gi upset uh some of this stuff but unfortunately a lot of people of course are having tons of symptoms from their from their flu so sometimes it's hard to tell Mm -hmm. uh but yeah they're they're actually pretty easy Mm -hmm. on the on the system
1: so it's important to say, too, that obviously you have to get these, um, these drugs through your doctor, and you also have to be able to identify that you have the flu, and you right. can only get a flu test at your doctor's office right. for urgent care. So, right. so can you talk a little bit about the importance of doing that? Because there's a window when you need to take antivirals, yeah, right? Yeah,
0: and that's very important. Um, in the old days, we told people 72 hours. Really, within 24 to 48 hours, that's when these work the best. Mm. Uh, so this is when the—remember, the, the, you've, you've you already may have had the, the virus in your system for several days incubating Mm -hmm. uh, latent uh, and then before you ever have symptoms to even recognize Uh, so then you have to go get tested and before you typically get these uh, these um, uh, these types of medicines Uh, so uh, it's a challenge because uh, during the cold and flu season uh, your doctor's already busy yep Uh, a lot of phone calls a lot of office visits Uh, so that's why a lot of people end up with urgent cares etc because the doc a regular doc is already filled up uh, their schedule and uh, and so you end up waiting in line so you can a lot of these places where you can call ahead and they'll have you they'll text you etc. Mm-hmm. They'll have you wait in the car or have you come in so that so that you're not packing the the waiting room, uh, coughing on each other, which is its own problem.
1: Mm-hmm. Why is it worth it to be persistent if you have any of these symptoms?
0: Persistent in getting medicines, yeah, and, and like tested. Yeah, yeah, sure. So number one, if it even if you if it's not going to uh, cause you, so we, we not we know morbidity and mortality. Morbidity is you're sick, so you can't get up and, and, and do your uh, do your uh, housework or your go to your job or take mm-hmm. care of your kids, and then also productivity in terms of uh, in terms of companies. So tons of billions of dollars are lost every year to to these types of respiratory mm-hmm. illnesses, and a small number of people yes will die. From you know, end up using ICU uh, uh, dollars and beds, and will end up dying. So, uh, so it's not it's not just um, you know it's, uh, that. Uh, and the other thing is not just you it's you can pass to somebody else who can get more uh, sicker than you. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, and, and so. Part of it is responsibility, and I know people uh, are. We've had this issue for politicizing, um, especially with COVID, about even if you believe in you know, that's okay for you, it's uh, you know that uh, that nobody can force you to do anything. But part of this is uh, a little bit of a social contract, a little social agreement yeah. that uh, if uh, that I'm not going to try to harm anybody else on on purpose, or if I can help it accidentally, I try not to harm people accidentally. I know it's very hard, and this becomes very political. Mm -hmm. uh, But hopefully it 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 decreases any of these medicines, will decrease your symptoms and decrease the length that you're sick and potentially spread it. Right, and infectious, okay. Infectious, right.
1: That's good to know. Um, can kids, can children take these drugs if they have the flu, severe flu?
0: Yeah, there there there's limitations in terms of uh, of age, and I'd have to look at some of these, mm-hmm. but there are limitations in terms of how young you can go. But I think you could probably get down to six or twelve years of age.
1: Okay, yeah, that's good to know. Okay, so um, since we mentioned COVID again, can you give us another little review about COVID? I think for, you know for a long time the guidance on testing and isolation and quarantine. Where it was shifting a lot, mm-hmm. um, but now I think we've got a pretty stable protocol for it. Can you remind people what to do in various scenarios? So, first one, they've they've been exposed to COVID but um, haven't tested yet, and they have no symptoms.
0: Yeah, if you haven't tested yet and you have no symptoms, but you've been exposed to somebody who knows, you know, they called you, said we were together last night, mm-hmm. and I've started feeling crappy. I did nasal swab, or positive. So, uh, so you because COVID is still very infectious. The Omicron and any of these variants are still very infectious even if you've been immunized, so this is important, even if you've been immunized, uh, you know, we'll, so we'll we'll want you to uh, to potentially test. Uh, so number one, uh, uh, you know, five. It takes maybe up to uh, three to five days to see if you get symptoms. Right. But and if you test too early, it may be artificially negative. You may be testing at day one or day mm-hmm. two because somebody just called you mm-hmm. from the night before. Uh, by the way, whenever whenever um, whenever your uh, your test is day zero. Uh, so, or whenever you starts having symptoms, if you never tested, it's considered day zero. Right. And in fact, that's the infographic I think we have for the CDC talks about how to count days. Yeah. And stuff like that.
1: see the, the to like give a plug to the CDC's website. It is really, I mean, you can literally go in there and say like, what, right. how how many days have you been feeling sick? Right. When when was your what day was your exposure? And they'll right. do the math for you that's in correct. a very foolproof way. It's very easy yes. to use. And
0: we have to talk the same language in order for people to understand. Um, so so uh, everything from rep- According to, for people to understand if it's worth, you know, if, if they're out of the woods yet, etc. Mm-hmm. So that's important. And they do have, like you said, that calculator. Mm-hmm. Um, so we want people... Uh, so we will want people to test, and if you test within uh, the first 48 hours of, of being uh, being exposed and it's negative, we'll still want you to test uh, by another, another, give it another uh, probably a couple of days. Right, that's yeah. correct. Uh, remember, it's called a call false it's called a call false negative. It's negative, but it's false uh, mm-hmm. because you're going to be showing up. It just happens that your body has not generated the the virus uh, so that you could pick it up out of, pick it up, get it, pick it out of your nose, mm-hmm. pick, <laughs> it up from, pick it up from your nose swab. So yeah. that's an important thing. Okay. So So that's the first thing, Um,
1: and then people should wear a mask, right, during the the phase where they could be incubating, right?
0: Could be incubating because you could spread it even before you have symptoms, right? right, For the day or two before you have symptoms, that's correct.
1: Okay, Um, help us out now. If we've tested positive for COVID nineteen and have no symptoms, or we have symptoms,
0: right? So, uh, so there's Paxlovid, which is the outpatient, uh, the only I think FDA-approved outpatient product right now that you may qualify for, Mm -hmm. for for receiving. Certainly, for people uh, that are uh, at risk of progressing for heart disease, lung disease, elderly, uh, Paxlovid, uh, you need to call your physician yeah. um, and uh, let them know kind of where the status is and what your mm-hmm. uh, positivity, what your test positive, and your and the dates. And they may or may not, depending, uh, prescribe Paxlovid. It's an oral medicine that you mm-hmm. take as an outpatient. Right. Uh, it's so actually
1: two different medications, right? Mixed in yeah, together, uh-huh, uh, anti- yeah. two
0: antiviral medications yeah. mixed together. That's right. Uh, so it's an, yeah, the word antibiotic. Uh, is, but these are antiviral uh, that's right so um so so it's important to to, to, to to whenever you test whether whether or that uh, and if it's positive whether without symptoms don't just assume that you know that, that your shots are covered everything yeah uh, you need to uh, please call your physician or uh, or healthcare provider and let them know and they'll help they should I, I always want f- medical practitioners to explain why they do or don't do something sure and of course the risk of doing or not doing something
1: yeah Anecdotally, I know several people who have taken Paxilvid when, you know, a few yes. days into symptoms with COVID and had a similar response as what you were saying before with some of these antivirals yes. for the flu that almost very quickly right. start feeling much better. Yeah, within a few hours, yeah. it's like
0: an off switch for all those symptoms. Yeah, a good chunk of it terrible symptoms. Uh, we want you uh, uh, there's a modified isolation if you've had immunizations we want the modified isolation of uh, 5 days and as long as you're getting better yeah. uh that's important because some people just because they isolate for 5 days and there's they still have fever or cough and uh, and it's not gotten better you have to be careful because you're probably still infectious and mm-hmm. contagious and still infectious. Uh, and they'll, they'll want you to uh, potentially go for another five days uh, uh, wearing masks, or right. a week wearing masks, uh, and uh, yeah.
1: So let's say let's say that again. So once either, so day zero starts either on the day you start experiencing symptoms, correct?
0: Yeah, if you've not tested, that's correct.
1: Or you're the first day that you test positive, right?
0: So it's the day of the test, not the day that you get back the test. Okay,
1: because yeah, sometimes the day you that get, you take the test. Right. right if it's de- a delayed right. result it's right. the day PCR, that you tested right. and if if it's positive that's your day 0 so right. then 5 days from then you're for those first 5 days you need to isolate you need to stay home not be around other people um, once those five days are up, as long as you're feeling better, mm-hmm. you can go about your business wearing a tight-fitting mask, right? Mask,
0: right. So we want to quarantine means you're waiting to test positive. Isolation means you're positive, right? Yeah. So we like to use words so consistently. We like to use them consistently for people. So quarantine is about you're, you. 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 are at risk, and we're waiting for test results. Mm-hmm. Um, um, and uh, and isolation means you're positive, and we're going to uh, To and we want to isolate you from uh, from others who may contract it from you know, infection. That's yeah,
1: correct. so typically at our office, we you know do allow patients as long as they're feeling much better after those five days and come mm-hmm. wearing a mask, mask, we're we're happy to have them in That's the right. office. However, it's a it's a great best practice to call if you have an appointment first to meet with somebody, for, see a, a mm-hmm. physician or a counselor or something like that. See what they're comfortable with. Some some That's people right. are still wanting you. You know, if you have any symptoms, still to stay away for longer. Right. Again, this is just kind of the courtesy of dealing with COVID. That's correct. Yeah. Okay. So, um, having talked about all those things, let's talk about um, prevention. So, let's start with vaccines, and then we'll end up with good behaviors for for infection pre- mm-hmm. prevention for respiratory viruses. Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, once again no vaccines there are no vaccines to prevent RSV mm-hmm. or no vaccines to prevent the common cold we have good vaccines uh, and we're getting better with with influenza mm-hmm. and with coronavirus uh, the novel coronavirus mm-hmm. so we have good vaccines for, for these uh, two families of families because they all of both of them change um, uh, coronavirus quite frequently in terms of uh, the uh, the subtypes.
1: Sure. So I know that a lot of places are offering to do um, a COVID vaccine and a flu vaccine on the same day. Yes. Um, is it it's safe to do that? It's, yes. It's recommended to get both quickly?
0: Yes. Uh, uh, flu vaccine, in the old, old days, if there's some of the older folk like me, uh, you know, it used to be that you wanted to wait until October because you know, the uh-huh. vaccine may not last long enough through the winter. But uh, several years ago, the uh, CDC came out and said as soon as the vaccine is available, oftentimes in September, uh, early to mid-September, September, mm-hmm. the vaccines are available for flu, that you can go ahead and get them.
1: Okay, great. All right, this is good. Okay, so um, let's talk about just good hygiene beha- behaviors to mm-hmm. prevent infection. So we yep. can reiterate right that.
0: <laughs> the, the important things that I don't think most people realize is the respiratory viruses. These are these are all respiratory viruses. Don't enter your body from your skin or from your elbows mm-hmm. or from your. They enter you from your eyes mm-hmm. and from your nose and from your lips or mouth. Uh, yeah. So that's those are mucous membranes. This is the kind of the moist areas uh, of uh, that uh, that are on the surface of your body. So those are the three areas. Mm-hmm. So in other words, your face. and and they've done studies Uh, we touch our face hundreds of times throughout the day yeah Um, uh, so uh, it's pretty dang easy to transmit it person to person, or hard surface to person, uh, to, uh, eventually to the face, eyes, nose, or, li- or mouth. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's that's the key. Uh, so number one, be aware. Number two, wash frequently. Yes, you have to moisturize your hands. We don't want cracking hands as a right. result of washing. We don't want to, people already obsessive compulsive about hand washing. Literally, OCD patients sure. who have cracked hands from hundreds of uh, washing. We you know we have to be careful not to. Not to make them more anxious, but that's that's a typical thing. Avoiding people that are sick, mm-hmm. uh, if you're sick, please you know uh, be courteous and don't go into public places and uh, etc. Mm-hmm. Uh, so avoiding... wear a
1: mask if you have to be in public places. Right. Yeah,
0: that's correct. Wear it properly over the nostrils, over the middle of the bridge of your nose, over the mouth, over your, over your chin. Um, so that the, the the bar, the the, the um, metal bars are across the bridge of your nose. Mm-hmm. Some people wear it upside down and stuff like that. Yeah, and uh, form the bar. I I I have I before I put the ear uh, the ear loops on, I, I form the uh, the bar around the middle of my nose and then pull my hands around the top so it makes a seal under on top of my cheek. Mm-hmm. <coughs> Wrap the uh, earpieces. Most of these are rubber, rubber bands, and then uh, then pull it down so it's over my chin and uh, on the sides of my cheeks. Uh, that's about the best that you can do.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Obviously, um, eating healthy and staying hydrated, getting good sleep are also good things to, to keep your immune responses strong. Right.
0: That's correct. Uh, stress, stress, unfortunately, which we're, none of us are avoiding, right, <laughs> uh, uh, is a big problem eventually, chronic stress, especially for immune system suppression. Elderly fl- folk tend to have, uh, 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 even without disease, tend to have uh, less of an immune response mm-hmm. um, than younger folk. Uh, people that have had uh, chemotherapy recently uh, can have suppressed immune. Uh, people on steroids, uh, not just not really inhaled steroids, but oral steroids or IV steroids. Mm. Uh, some p- people are born with immunodeficiencies, immune deficiencies. Immune uh, deficiencies. <clears throat> uh, people with chronic lung and heart disease. Uh, all these people are increased risk of uh, from the from the uh, flu and COVID and RSV of of getting sick enough to require hospitalizations.
1: Yeah. Okay, so just to, to recap for today, it is respiratory virus season, um, cold, flu, COVID-19, RSV are all um, prevalent right now. The cold, nobody dies of a cold. You can treat that at home. Um, It's typically not gonna have fever or GI symptoms associated with it as well, can often be confused for seasonal allergies. Mm -hmm. Um, Flu and COVID have very, very similar symptoms, similar onset typically as well. Mm -hmm. You need to be tested for these two viruses to see which one you have, Mm -hmm. um, or if you have it, there are good antiviral drugs for both the flu and COVID to help lessen symptoms and shorten the duration of your illness. RSV is very, very infectious, particularly young children and elderly people are very susceptible to catching this. It's also really going around right now um, as it uh, is easily transmissible from hard surface to face to mouth. So definitely, you know, kids playing in close quarters and Mm -hmm. um, can impact it. Uh, get your vaccines regularly. There are vaccines available for flu and COVID-19. There's no vaccine for RSV or for the cold. That's right. um, take, getting regular flu and COVID-19 vaccines help you, you know, maintain immunity across different seasons of these viruses, but it also, um, you know, helps the, the if, if you happen to get these viruses, it doesn't necessarily prevent you from getting the virus, but if you happen to get it, it will blunt the severity and duration mm-hmm. typically. Yes. Obviously, if you think that you have any of these things, please contact your doctor. Mm -hmm. Um, It's always good to stay keyed in there, you know, so you can get the appropriate testing or start the antivirals, which really, you know, you should start pretty quickly after. Symptoms start and they can really help you feel better as That's well right. too.
0: And uh, call ahead, uh, call your physician's office or, 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 uh, or your uh, ER or your urgent care. Call ahead instead of trying to go there and, and wait, wait it out to, uh, in front of a bunch of people. Mm-hmm. A lot, they'd appreciate that. Um, uh, and if you, have now lots of people have masks because of coronavirus the last couple of years, you mask up if you can leave the house. and yep. you, If you have to leave the house and, and go to your physician, go ahead and mask up. You uh, no don't need to put on gloves or anything like right. that. Just uh, you don't need to double mask. Um,
1: yeah. Yeah, well, that's good. Um, keep up your good behaviors. Eat healthy. Drink plenty of water. Try to minimize stress. Get plenty of sleep to improve your immune response. Anyway, um, and then also um, you know wa- wash your hands. Wear a mask if you have if you're mm-hmm. feeling sick at all. Wear a mask or stay home. And if you've been exposed, especially to COVID 19, and you're not sure if you're going to pop positive or not, definitely wear a mask during that time, too. So
0: that's
1: right. It's pretty, I'm glad we did an overview of this. I feel refreshed. Yes. For the season, <laughs> well,
0: well like, I'm sure we probably have to do it every every year. Yeah. I'm sure we'll have uh, something we'll a little to add every year.
1: Something to add yeah. every year for sure. Um, if anybody has any questions for the doc um, about any of this information, you want to know more about the resources, which obviously we'll have in the podcast description links to the things we referenced today, um, shoot us an email at notyourdocpod at gmail.com. That's notyourdocpod at gmail.com. You can find us on Facebook at the Not Your Doc Pod. You can find us on YouTube, Not Your Doc Pod. Um, We're on Spotify as well. Thanks for listening, and we're going to bring you more again. Thanks, Dr. Tadros. Thanks,
0: Vanessa. Good times. Take care. This previous podcast represents my opinions and the opinions of my guests. This is not medical advice, and I'm not establishing a physician-patient relationship with any listener. The content here should not be taken as medical advice. The content here is for informational purposes only. And because each patient is so unique, please consult your healthcare professional for any medical questions that you may have.